This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper and the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 562 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's Sunday, June 10th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, for the Sunday Fireside Chat with Nick Pollock. Nick, what's going on? What is happening? Back for another simulcast. Let's do this. We've got a lefty focus today. We're, we're focused on uh, lefties of all ages. Come one, come all. We're talking lefties. And for our, for our main event today, we're talking both Caleb Smith and Carlos Rodon, a couple lefties that uh, you know are, are in that middle tier where if you see the right path and things kind of break right, they can really be an asset to your team. Caleb Smith already has been an asset to the teams that have him, so we'll dive into him, kind of see what else he can do. Carlos Rodon, somebody who's uh, been a big-time prospect but dealt with injuries finally healthy came back saturday we'll see what is in store for him for the rest of the year and then some final thoughts on dan danny duffy's big outing and john lester's hot streak that is just kind of going under the radar so we'll dive into that but let's start with caleb smith of the marlins and frankly for some folks let's just start with who the hell is caleb smith what's the what's the deal with him nick uh, <laughs> what, what's what's the bio here what's the path to where we are today for caleb smith yeah i mean for those who don't know him, uh, he has about a 29% K rate with 11% walk rates, but he's actually, in his last nine starts, had the same K rate, but also an 8% walk rate with a 2.7 ERA and a .94 whip in those nine starts. It's really awesome. Uh, he throws a 93-mile-per-hour fastball that sometimes touches 94. It was 94 in his start on uh, June 2nd in Arizona. And what he does is he actually he plays it on both sides of the plate a little bit and then dangles a changeup off the plate to right-handers with a really good slider as well that misses bats about 16% of the time with a decent O-swing and zone rate as well. But it's really when he does when he performs like this at a 2.7 ERA, it's because of that fastball getting good outs and then setting up both his changeup and slider, but really does uh, focus on dominating with that fastball first. Yeah, Smith has dialed up his his fastball usage this year to 59% up from 50 last year and also taken a lot out of his changeup. It was at 28% last year. This year it's down to 13%, and that's either gone to the fastball or the slider. So those look like the two pitches that are working most for him. Uh, are all three pitches ones that he can trust? Is this is this a, a true three-pitch arsenal for Caleb Smith? So it's weird. Uh, I talk about a lot with finding money pitches. Right, I need I need that one that says okay. When something gets goes badly, it's going to be this one, and I don't see that yet with Caleb Smith. I uh, I mean, 
the beginning of the year was really tough for him. He had uh, his first four starts. Two of them came with 11 walks combined. It was a six-walk game and a five-walk game. Um, walks are definitely his issue. Right, but it did get better. In the last nine starts, he's only had one over three. That was that four-walk start. But again, 8% rate over those nine starts. So he has gotten better at that, and that's because he has performed a lot better with that fast, which has a P-value of about five in those nine starts, same with the slider at five. But the thing that I don't like is the inconsistency with that slider is, again, it's a 16% overall whiff rate, but it's about a 35% O-swing, 37% zone rate. I need to see a little bit more uh, inducing of hitters outside the zone, right? I need more of a chase rate than 35%. I want to say like 40, maybe even closer to 45 if I really want to believe in that being a money pitch. And the zone rate 37 is okay, but it's not, you know, if he's not getting the chases, then I want to see that closer to 40 or 45 as well. So, I mean, that's... It's going well because it's a one point, sorry, it's a point one one four batting average allowed. He hasn't allowed yeah. a single extra base hit on three hundred thirty four thrown. That's on the slider. Yes, that's crazy. So this slider's definitely performing, but are you concerned that it's overperforming? Yeah, I am. That's that's the problem. Okay, a little bit, and, and I mean, that's why it has that high p val because it's resulted very well. But I don't know if he's deserved all of that. Is it the key driver behind the big strikeout rate right now? Is it also getting a lot of the whiffs, or, or is the fastball contributing there as well? Fastball is an 8.8%, Mark. Um, I I don't like the locations of fastballs. I think he could work with the Blake Snell blueprint. That is, fastballs, four-seamers up, and then change-ups and sliders down. But he's not really doing that. He's kind of keeping it thigh-high a bit, uh, which isn't great. It's He tries to aim low and away to right-handers a lot instead of trying to to dance, you know, up elevated or jamming them a ton. Um, maybe he kind of goes both sides of it, but he's not really, it's not, he's not overpowering with it as much as I would like to see. Uh, he does so, get a 56% zone rate though. So that's how he is getting his strikes. And that's very important to him to establish the inside and outside corner. So Smith also has a pretty heavy fly ball lean. He's up at 49% this year. Um, just, just, 28% and 29% ground ball rates the last two years. He only had 19 innings last year, so it wasn't too much to get behind. But it's the same sort of thing this year. Heavy fly ball rate. Is is it to the point where this is almost an asset for him? Is there a lot of pop-ups? Uh, is that is, is it something that he can use since it's an outlier to such a high degree where the fly ball rate actually helps Caleb Smith? Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. It's only an 18% infield fly ball rate. He's throwing 50% fly balls, which is ridiculous. Uh, which means, you know, of course, the 9.1% home over fly ball rate. But at the same time, that's about a one homer per nine, which is fine. Yeah. You know, it's not. It you know, work with that. Right. So, I mean, you see a 9.1 homer over fly ball rate, you think it's going to be a lot lower. But because, of course, it's 50% fly balls, that's, you know, it's going to even be about a one. He has a 41% pull rate, which I don't know if I love. Uh, generally, it's like 40% or higher is indications that, you know, he should be getting hit around a little bit harder. Yeah, and a right. and a hard contact rate to kind of match exactly. too for for Smith, so you know th- there are some good pop outs there, but but it's not it's not uh, it's not an outlier as well. If I if we'd seen an outlier infield fly ball rate, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with all these all these uh, fly balls for Smith. It does look like perhaps is the park playing a factor too and keeping some of the some of the fly balls in that might normally go out if Smith played somewhere else, say New York, which is where he used to play. That's that's a good point, and that might be part of the equation here. Uh, another thing I would add about this nine-game stretch is that the teams he's played haven't really been that tough. About seven of the nine have been pretty below-average offenses, while only two of them have been really tough. Um, that is, he went to Milwaukee and he played against the Bra- Braves, which I would say are you know above-average. Both are nice. Yeah, yeah. But then he and, hosts- and you went 
He went yeah. to both. I uh, well, he hosted the Braves. Okay, okay, but going to Milwaukee is pretty nice again because we are a little bit worried about the homers. Did he give up any homers there? Because he does have a five on the road, two at home, so it does look like home is probably protecting him a little bit, almost the same uh, innings total. So I'm sure he's saving a few homers in Miami Park. Sure, yeah, he allowed one home run there, but he also had ten strikeouts and no walks in that start in Milwaukee. Uh, however, the other starts he's had, he hosted the Rockies, who are terrible on the road. He went to Cincinnati. He hosted the Dodgers. Then he went against the Mets and then went to San Diego, hosted San Diego, and then went to Arizona. And those are not that great. I mean, Arizona at that time, Goldschmidt, I don't believe, was on this massive hot streak. No, so, he just so got going. Team. Right. So all those teams, the Padres twice, the Mets, the Dodgers, when they were laboring, you know, the Reds and hosting the, the Rockies, not tough opponents. Uh, so... I'm more skeptical than I wanted to be. I actually went into this thinking that I would like Caleb Smith more. Mm-hmm. And I've seen games where he just dominates. He, he establishes his fastball, and then his slider works a ton. I, I watched the you know I watched the Arizona game. I watched the, uh, the Padres game. I didn't really like it. He was struggling a bit. It's easy to see how it goes wrong, right? right. When you're watching him, uh, you can see the dominance and, and appreciate it like the Milwaukee start. Uh, but you can also see how it goes sideways and not just the bad one like at, at New York at the Yankees they they beat him up um, but but even the ones that end up kind of all right like that Atlanta start where he only gave up two runs but it was seven hits and a couple walks and you're like you're, you're skating a little bit uh, I do wonder one thing we you know it's only 13 starts so nothing's established but he has had a little bit of a reverse platoon split is there anything to that positive or negative 177 points higher ops for lefties at 775 yeah so something i was noticing a lot in the uh, the padres game is that they were very careful with eric hosmer and so i, I kind of took that as how he approaches lefties is going after that one and you would think with a guy that has a really good slider that, okay, great, we should just be throwing sliders away and away. And yeah. he never really established it. He just couldn't wow. consistently throw that against Hosmer. He once he did a front door one, taken for a strike, and the next one he threw, same thing. And Hosmer just stayed in on it because he saw it the previous pitch and lined it as an out to right field, but still made very good one on it. And I'm a little cautious about it. I, 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 for whatever reason, I don't see Smith being so confident with that pitch away to lefties. Which is which is very concerning. You can probably just pinpoint fastballs away and then match it with yeah. the slider. That should work. You'd really want not. to see that. But uh, I will say this though too: it is a lot of singles. It's a, you know, three hundred average, uh, twenty-one hits, five extra base hits against lefties, three ninety-six BABIP. However, he also has a two twelve against righties. So even if he kind of improves against lefties, there might be some give back for Caleb Smith against righties anyway. Bottom line. How sustainable is this with Caleb Smith? Right now, I think he's in all formats play, but does he remain such in 10 and 12 teamers? Are you maybe trying to shop him um, as part of a deal, too? Because I'm not sure a one-for-one one is really going to net you a big return on Caleb Smith. But what do you think of, of his rest-of-season outlook now that we're here 13 starts deep? Well, I'm a little concerned in the short term just because uh, the next two starts are San Francisco, which at first I'm thinking, oh, that's probably not a bad start. But then again, the Giants are top seven in WOBA this year and the last two weeks are top three. It's crazy. Uh, I guess lefties, they are 13th. But then again, if you you even that out with Caleb Smith's struggles a bit, then you just just look at the overall then. Yeah. Uh, And and then after that, he has to go to Coors. So that's Is that a two-star a week this week? That's three in a row. He just had the Padres on on Friday, so okay, it's, it's okay. going to be one start this week, maybe next week. So uh, maybe you can start this week, San Francisco, take take the risk because it's not, you know, it's not. We're, we're just saying like, hey, don't think it's a slam dunk, 
It's also probably not a runaway with the with the giant start if it's one start. But then after that, ooh, you got course. I don't know. Maybe you jump off this train. Yeah, ten teamer. I could see a scenario where you start him this week, and then either if you can't reserve him. You might just flat out cut him for Coors and just risk it and see if anyone right. picks Caleb Smith I up. Mean, it's been kind of surprising how little owned he's been. Um, I, I mean, I'm okay owning him. In 12-teamer, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I would be, as you said, shopping him, though. Yeah, there's someone that sees, oh, man, it's near 30% K rate and a 3.7 ERA. I can deal with that. 3.8 Sierra, 3.5 fit. This looks this looks great. Uh, you know, near 12% whiff rate. And the thing is, like that slider could be really good. Like I see hints of this. It's just the consistency isn't there, and I think that this isn't something that he's turned a corner with just yet. Uh, and also, the fastball isn't blowing guys away. You know, it's not like a Robbie Ray four-seamer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Robbie bad, but it's, really it's good. definitely not. Right. Yeah. He did really good of, of elevating a bit and getting guys, making guys uncomfortable with that that made his slider just so much better. Uh, and I'm actually really looking forward to seeing Robbie Ray back. I think everyone kind of forgets that he exists, and I'm I'm excited but, uh, I, I, by the way, I, I've always been tough on him, but I'm always fascinated by him. Right, yes, exactly. Robbie Ray. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, you know, at first I was maybe thinking maybe this could be something like that. Because at the beginning of the year, he actually had some nice moments with that slider. But as as we've gone on, even though it's been that nine-game stretch, I still just don't have the same uh, conviction that he can really pull this off. So we both have him uh, in the mid-50s. You're 52 on 55 for Caleb Smith. Let that be your guide, y'all, and, and depending on what kind of league you're in, where where a 50-something pitcher should be. It's it's something that you can definitely have, 15-teamers. Uh, you're not even close to cutting him. You're just kind of managing the starts, perhaps. Um, and then 12, I think, is a similar thing. And then 10, you're kind of ready to jump off after this week, especially if it goes wrong with San Francisco. So that's that's Caleb Smith. Yeah, I'm probably going to have him around like 60 tomorrow. He's around 52 yeah. right now, I think. Uh, you have him at 55. I'll probably have him about 60, drop him underneath some guys. Yeah, I think that I think that works. That's the range. And this was, you know, a large part of the, the nine-game stretch you're talking about. And I didn't really move him uh, from the mid-May one either with Caleb Smith. So it was a situation where that kind of told me all I needed to know, which is, hey, I like the guy for now, but he's definitely someone I'm checking in on every start just saying, hey, I don't want to be caught holding the bag here for multiple multiple duds, right. and I don't I don't think you should you should wait that long. It can be a one and done with Smith because also there is the factor that he's on a terrible team, and so while he is five and six, I would almost consider the five wins fortunate for being on Miami's team. So it's not like you're getting that help either. So sure. that's Caleb Smith. Let's shift over to Carlos Rodon. Uh, he returned Saturday from a shoulder injury. What's new? Uh, for five innings, two <laughs> runs, two earned, I should say, four total runs, six hits, two walks, seven Ks, a couple homers. Uh, I tabbed it as a frustratingly solid 374 career innings for the 25-year-old. He's got a 395 ERA. That's good for a 102 ERA plus, so just just above average, but a 141 whip. 14% strikeout minus walk rate. Um, didn't really find the slider last year. That's always been kind of the key piece for, for him. I'm wondering what you make of, of Carlos Rodon, not just in the in the short term from the start that we saw, but kind of going forward now because he's still just 25 and a big-time prospect who's shown those flashes. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, it's really funny. If you look at last year, uh, he had 12 starts. And in those 12 starts, he had five games with at least nine strikeouts. And the other seven, he had four or fewer. It was wild. There were no five, six, seven, eight strikeout games. Zero. It made no sense. <laughs> I mean, that's that's always been the story of Rodon: is it, will he have his slider or not? Mm-hmm. Um, the changeup tries to be a, a, an important thing, and 
it's actually I gotta say I, I obviously watched that game yesterday against the Red Sox and it was it like summed up Rodon so well because the first three innings and change he just did not have a slider whatsoever so he had to turn to his changeup and he had some success with it, it you know he had a single and then you know, elevated that one eventually later on he gave up a home run to JD off of it JD's gonna hit everything but no the same shame time, in that wasn't, yep. wasn't a good changeup still no. Uh, but, but but you can have JD. your A plus pitch and JD can take you yards. <laughs> right. So it's like no shame in that whatsoever. But he but the thing is you had to rely on it because the slider just wasn't working. Um, at the end of the day though he had four whiffs on sixteen thrown. There were three that were really good. One was kind of just floated in and it was like oh I guess this is going to be a strike I guess and he kind of just <laughs> hacked that and it was terrible. Uh, but I mean that's kind of what it is. Is he going to have a slider? So like three fifths of the game he didn't, and then the final two he did. Uh, and that was effective, but I mean, you can actually even trace this through his career. When Carlos Rodon is doing well, it's when he's getting over fifty percent swings on his slider, not necessarily whiffs, but just swings. Just, just they're making swings because a lot of times they're going to make bad contact anyway. So you're not afraid of swings on a Rodon slider when it's working. Importantly, it means that his walk rate's going to go down because yeah, he's getting on strikes. It it. He's just getting yep. strikes on his slider, and that's everything. Because his fastball's fine. It's not great. I mean, yesterday he got some, you know, he got fortunate, like, putting in the inside corner and nailing that. Or, uh, you know, inside to Ben Attendee, then pairing that up with the changeup, actually, which I loved. It was like a really nice two-pitch mix there. I don't have any faith that that's sticking, but it was a nice moment. But I, I, I just don't see... I mean, my comparison that I have to Rodon is Jose Barrios, in a way. Uh, just because... If you think about Rodon, you think slider is a money pitch. It's going to be in the 40-40-15 club, right? 40 mm-hmm. swing, 40 zone, 15% whiff rate. No, it's not. It's because it's just not consistent. And See, that's what it needs to be year. the money pitch, right? What, what you call money pitches. Yep. It needs to be one of those and if he's Jose, going to have any success. And Jose Brios's curveball last year wasn't. We thought mm-hmm. maybe it was, but actually if you look at the numbers, it really wasn't that effective. And that that is the relationship I have. Jose Brios's curveball this year is different, and that's why he's having this massive success. I don't know if Carlos Renan is going to do that, and that gives me a lot of hesitation. I think that's completely fair because, uh, again, I tabbed him as frustrating, and that's exactly how I feel about Carlos Rodon, and I'm sure the uh, the White Sox feel some of that frustration as well. He's got a heavy career platoon split, too, uh, plus 148 points for righties at 794. How can he fix that? Is it all the changeup, or is it the fastball that needs to play a role? Uh, well, I mean, if he can, you know, again, do that Blake Snell uh, blueprint, right, which is possible, mm-hmm. that plays so well in this environment, um, and he has the tools for that, you know, sliders down and uh, fastballs up, but yeah, that changeup just isn't good enough, and that, that's going to be a problem. I yeah, I get past that. And that's why that's why I put it on the fastball. I think if, if he's going to fix the platoon split, it's going to have to be the fastball, if not the slider itself, of course. But but we're operating in this scenario that the slider's working, and he can still have the platoon split, though, because they're not necessarily going to uh, you know continue to miss it or or swing at it. So if, if righties spit on the slider, then it really becomes problematic because yep. fastball changeup can be an issue for Rodon. Uh, let's sum him up. Is he in all formats play right now for the rest of the season? Are you, are you trying to take a shot? Um, across the board right now. It depends on my scenario. If I'm on a team that is just in last place in strikeouts every week, mm-hmm. then I might take a chance on Rodon because that's what you're going to get. You know, 25% or actually even 26% if you round up uh, from last year with his K rate in 2017, 2016, it was a 23 and a half. You know, I mean, he put up seven Ks yesterday in five innings. 
consistently that's, swing and miss guy. If it's a roto league, yeah, I might take a chance on this because even though you're going to have those 4K starts, you're going to have those nine. Yep. So the ratios, not so much, of course. Um, he's never the had ERA, a whip under 1.35. Correct. And the, the whip murders you, but the ERA never really kills you. Even at the worst last year, 415. I'm not saying that's helping you, but you're not hemorrhaging your whip or you're not hemorrhaging your ERA for strikeouts. However, you kind of are with your whip, so you really need to be careful and check your whip standings. If you are in a cluster where you can really move down, I don't think you can put Rodon in your lineup at all. Sure. I mean, this is, yeah, I think the thing we also need to mention here is that there's no guarantee that even 2017 is going to be repeated. Uh, You know, he's coming off of a major injury, and maybe it'll take some time to get back into the rhythm. There's just a lot of questions here. Yeah, so, it's tough. I, I think fifteen team only is really the only place I'm really considering him outside of outside of looking at his matchups for the week. And let's see what those matchups are this week. I don't know. Do you have his matchups? Handy? Oh, I used to. And I got. I I'll get them for you here. I got you. Uh, the White Sox and Rodon specifically. He gets Cleveland. He's the fourth in that four game set on Thursday, facing Cleb Dog. Are you starting Carlos Rodon as a spot start one time, one start in a twelve teamer against Cleveland? Nope, and guess what? After that, guess who he's starting against? It's Cleveland again. Ooh, I'm not trying to face Cleveland twice, especially <laughs> if they start heating up. I know uh, the parrot's been going, Edwin. You don't want Edwin uh, eating on a lefty, so yeah, I, I can't do it. Again, 15-team, when you're in that middle or, or back end and you're, you're really trying to find some gold, I get it, but anywhere else, I got to pass right now. Don't let the name, in, in you know, uh, cloud your vision of what Carlos Rodon is and has been again a whip hemorrhage so there are you those of you folks out there that can uh, take it to get the strikeouts then fine you got the Miles Michaelis types of the world you got a couple of those you got Mangden as well that's a perfect scenario for you but for the bulk of people I got to pass on Rodon right now. Now, I will say one scenario here. Um, the 19th and 24th he's slated to go Indians and Oakland and that is a two start week um, the one after start this weeks. one, two start so then, weeks, especially so in head to head, in a head to head league, yep. that you might want to take a chance on Rodon because that could turn into 15 strikeouts in one exactly. week from Rodon, and that makes an impact even if your ERA or WHIP takes a bit of a hit. Yeah, so 10 and 12 I, teamers, you have. That's can, all you can do is play the matchups. I can fathom owning Rodon in a 12 teamer. It's kind of like I need some help here. Okay, I'll just take a chance on this, and at the worst, I'll salvage some strikeouts. So would you try uh, to get him this week off the wire? For that depends. That, that depends completely on my roster and you know how it works this week. Uh, generally, in most of my teams, I wouldn't think that I would want to do that because you know I, I often find <laughs> something I have other for the week options. of. Right? Yeah. yeah. You don't plan uh, that far ahead, but not, some folks have to with their streaming because right, the streaming no. can get so crazy. I mean, not to mention, I would imagine if that's the case, someone already has Rodon. Yeah, that's actually true. I, I, I should have thought about that, but um, so yeah. The scenarios where he's available, I think you can continue to kind of leave him out there and take a shot later. And again, if you miss him, it's not the end of the world. Right. All right, let's All move right. on to uh, our final thoughts here. we got a couple guys, a couple veterans. Danny Duffy, seven shutout innings, runs his recent streak to a 210 ERA, 117 whip in 25 and two-thirds. Is he turning it around? Is there something to latch on to with Danny Duffy? Because he's a big name, but he's been on waiver wires lately, Nick. Yeah, this is really interesting because I really don't want to like Danny Duffy. <laughs> uh, he threw 34 changeups yesterday, though. And See, that, that was his money pitch for two years. And that summer that he broke out. 
And he hasn't been throwing that a lot. That's normally been hovering around the 20% mark or so. He threw 34 with nine whiffs on that. He had a CSW that is called strikes plus whiffs of 34 overall with 19 whiffs overall as well. Just to give you guys a reference, around 30% CSW is like good. So 34 is like, okay, that's actually, that's really nice. That's a good display of dominance. And I mean, it was good. It's... I don't. You know what's wild? Faith in it, but that's if, if I were to say like in three weeks, like he's done well, it's be, going to be because of that changeup. Yeah, you know what's wild about Duffy with those four starts, and only uh, three of them were good. The other was kind of a bleh five inning four run, but the other two he allowed two total earned runs in about twenty one innings. In spite of that. Uh, 210 ERA over 25 and two thirds. He still has a 528 for the year. That tells you how messed <laughs> up his numbers were because you can still move the needle quite a bit on 25 strong innings right. for a lot of guys right now. And I'm sure he did, but he moved it from the worst in the universe to like still <laughs> got awful. So that kind of tells you where Duffy's been, but you're saying the changeup usage is what's encouraging you most. This is his most recent outing at Oakland. Was he using it in the other three starts that have been going well too? No, that not. This was the one that like stood out. Okay. So that, that are you picking him up? 10 and 12 no, teamers. He's no. on a lot of wires. 10 and 12 teamers, no. There's no reason to invest now because he's Plus, I'll tell gonna, you why. No one's going to go after it. And he's facing Houston this week. Oh, yeah, so that's right. Can't. Yeah, don't do that. But so watch. Can't. But watch, though. If he does well Dominate against Houston. Them. Oh, then he's the big waiver claim of the week next week. Right. 100%. And so he goes that's, for that's like That's always the interesting bucks. thing, right? Yep. You say, oh, I don't want to start him for this. But then all of a sudden. Then he throws know. seven strong at home and gets like eight Ks, and then it's like up two hundred dollars of my one thousand dollar fab. It's like so, the, uh, the four hundred pound person sitting on those seesaw, you know. All of a sudden, he just she <laughs> just straight wee. up, yeah. That because and it, it'll be next Saturday too, so it'll be right before a waiver period. So yeah, he would absolutely go wild. So that's Danny Duffy, and um, we'll finish up with John Lester. The the wily vet man. I think I I I can't remember exactly where I ranked. Them. Let me see because I got a comment on it. Forty seventh. Where, where do you have Lester right now? You, you're kidding me. Do you have 407? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Look at us agreeing. Um, so have you gotten pushback on it though? No. I mean I okay, think – And I didn't – it what, was which, like – What kind of pushback? I'm curious. Which direction? It was kind of like what? what's the deal here? It wasn't even severe pushback. It was Rob Silver and uh, he just said something like – Ouch, Lester, something like that, just kind of like acknowledging that he's 47th despite – let's get to the numbers here. Despite the fact that he's toting a 222 ERA and 109 whip through 77 innings this year, that's 13 starts for the for the Wiley vet. Um, he's got a 13% strikeout minus walk ratio. The strikeout rate's down a little bit to 21%. Walk rate's up to 9%. It's nothing flashy, but it's all working, and that whole uh, stranding guys getting good defense behind him is really working right now. 204 average against 85% left on base rate. So again, it was more of kind of like, hey, you know, what, what's up? Not, again, not, what are you doing? But I'm curious, should we have him higher? Are, are we... Are we a little? Uh, are we a little low on the Wiley vet? No. You're shaking your head no, and I'm very interested no. to hear why. Because well, I, mean, I feel every, confident in my ranking, by the way. Everything under the hood is like the worst he's ever had. <laughs> I'm serious. Like that. That that the whiff rate is 10. percent That's the worst since 2014. I uh, is that walk rate 8.7. That's the worst since 2011. It's the most hard contact he's allowed ever. And by a lot, like 34.6%, he hasn't been above 30% since 2007. 
Uh, and then the pull rate is up to 45% too. The Sierra's 431. It's a 238 BAPIP with that 85% left on base rate that you quoted. I mean, I just don't see why this is in any way going to stick. It's just going to go down, and he's not striking out as many guys. So the Rob Silver, same guy, uh, tweeted not not at anybody, just independently. John Lester has the lowest ERA of his career, and I don't care if your quote unquote advanced metrics say it isn't real, <laughs> which is funny because he's a, he's a he's a numbers guy too. Right. Like he 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 knows. Um, by the way, give him a follow at Rob Silver. Listen to his podcast as well. So he's definitely kind of like you know uh, hitting the beehive there, but. Are, the advanced metrics do say that this is this is <laughs> doomed to not sustain at a 222 clip. What what goes wrong? What, what what is the path to this unraveling? And where does it go to? Does it go to the 398 FIP? Or, or what are you concerned about? Um, that uh, what what are you concerned that this turns into a consistent five to six innings? three to five runs, sort of blah, 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 bunch of, of mediocre yeah, no, starts. Is that no, what you're right. worried yeah, I'm about, seeing, I'm seeing like five Ks and, you know, three walks over five and change, if you're lucky, you know, like yep. maybe four Ks. But yeah, about three earned runs. And I, I I think it's just really startling to see a sub-240 BABIP with an 85% left on base rate. Like, right there, and I'd overlook that if I thought that he was doing a really good job of putting the ball in the right spot and inducing all the soft contact, et cetera, that's just not there. It, no, it just, it just isn't. And I just, uh, this is going to fall apart and I feel bad for Lester. I, uh, but he definitely should be selling high while you still can. He's got the name value and that ERA and whip. So that's the thing. He does have name value. Um, he's got three, seven inning starts in his last four. I think you can get something real. So even here's the beauty with this. If you do it right and you sell them and it still it still carries on and we're wrong, you should get enough that it doesn't matter. Right. Because it's because you can actually sell high. Um, too often you hear advice on selling high on like a Caleb Smith, and no one's buying Caleb Smith. People are gonna buy your John Lester. Right. So you'll be able to sell for a solid, solid bat or get some saves, help, whatever the case may be. But uh, I'm with you, man. I had 47, and I had no reservations about it. I think he had one start since I put up the rankings. Yeah, he started yesterday. That wouldn't have changed my mind. Seven now, shutout, one-hit innings wouldn't have changed my mind. Before I continue, I just got to mention that was a nice homage to Anthony Bourdain, by the way, when you said no reservations. Um, the, like greatest, the greatest title for a show ever, one of the best clever names Um but uh, with John Lesser, there's a question that we always get asked every single year, and it's one of the toughest ones to answer, which is, when do we My say... My the first base. Oh, sorry. <laughs> different question. Go ahead. He's doing a great job with that. Now, one hop. That works. The, the skips, uh, yeah. That's, it's so beautiful. I really I just love it. There. It's like the compromise, you know, this great compromise so of funny, John Lester. Uh, but no, it's the question we get asked, which is, well... Even if a guy is overperforming, at what point do we say maybe he's just good at beating his advanced metrics? And that's sure. a question I get all the time. And the answer is never. The answer is never. Just because over eventually over time, this normalizes. It's sure, not sure, like sure, – sure, sure. I mean whoa, whoa. there's like two or three guys maybe I can mention that consistently beat it. But that's because there are metrics that do support it. True. Yeah. It's not like everything – like they, they never have anything that's just like everything is saying bad. But he's just going to overperform it. There's always little indications here and there that he might, you know, maybe you see that forfeit. But, you know, he's actually going to be a 3.2 ERA guy. This is not that kind of scenario. And when you see something in this ridiculous, this kind of spread, 
yeah, it, the luck might continue, but if you just give this, you know, if you keep flipping the coin, eventually it's going to normalize the heads and tails, to, as opposed yeah. to just staying as seventy percent heads and thirty percent tails. So, is he a four ERA the rest of the year? Is that what we're talking about? Or are you worried about like I would, a four eighty? I can see a three eight. That's okay, not so out of the question. That's not terrible. Yeah, and right. that, and again, so the person that goes out and buys him too, they might still be fine with that if right. their ERA is just getting torched and they get a three eight ERA and a one twenty five WHIP. That might be enough for them with a bucket load of wins right. or at least a high probability to get that. So this does look like a scenario that you could sell high without pulling the wool over somebody's eyes or or you know feeling bad that you're really giving them a ticking time bomb or whatever because we don't think it's going to melt down. It's just it's definitely not going to last here, and you can actually cash out for something substantial for the 34-year-old John Lester. All right. That will put it in the books there, the lefty That's cast. It. And uh, as always, tweet us at PitcherList, at Spore with uh, any any guys you'd like us to discuss because we're always wondering who. And I think the problem is – or not problem, but like we say, oh, who do you want to talk about? I, like, I don't know. Who do you want to talk about? It's because I know both of us could put up like 50 guys and we just want to <laughs> see where the other guy is and pick from their list. I'm like, no, no, you tell me who and I'll pick. And then you're like, no, no, you tell me who you want to talk about. Well, so. it's, also, it's also like there you know, there's certain guys I'm like, oh, yeah, I can just like throw a sentence or two. And I want the yeah. ones I'm like, you know what? Let me really think about this one and do some analysis and stuff. Exactly. So, That's- so glad, glad we found some good ones this week. Um, and also, I'm excited, Spore. We're, we're a week and a half away from Denver. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be at Denver. We'll be live. Perhaps we can get something recorded yeah, live. Maybe the, we'll uh, stream or something, perhaps. Who knows? Yeah, it's the Fangraphs meetup. So if you guys are in Denver, of course, come on by June 22nd in a beautiful Friday. Look at that. Nick knows everything there. So there you go. Uh, we'll be back next week talking some more pictures. Yeah. All right. So take care, Spore. Peace. Fair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.